Time for our monthly program called You and Your Money. And joining me today, Jim Zahansky, Principal, Managing Partner, and Chief Goal Strategist at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. Jim, welcome aboard for another one of our big programs here. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. And today we're going to be talking about a program for Connecticut business owners called Are You Ready for the My CT Savings Program Requirements? And we will talk about that momentarily. But as we always do, we start our programs with an update of the latest news from the financial markets. Hmm. Anything going on in the markets these days, Jim? <laughs> well, we've had a pretty consistent stream of communication since the beginning of 2022. I mean, basically, you know, all financial markets pretty much all sectors, um, with the exception of a few, have really had been really challenged investment performance. Uh, we've been talking about these themes that are persisting, things um, that really are related to shifts in monetary policy, things that the Federal Reserve is doing, and fiscal policy being carried out by Congress. I mean, you know, in 2020, during the pandemic, a lot of money was injected into the economy by fiscal policy. The Federal Reserve was was buying, uh, you know, securities and giving uh, rate reductions at very ha high rates. So now we're sort of reversing those things, and uh, markets are very volatile. In fact, uh, the S and P 500 index year to date down uh, double digits, just just over 10 percent. So, as an example, um, as well, the bond markets have not not necessarily done their job in this downturn. Uh, as interest rates are rising, you know, you see a year to date and the U.S. aggregate bond index at uh, a minus 8%. So nonetheless, volatile, volatile times. And, um, you know, it's important during these times that investors think about um, the long term and certainly because the thing that you can fall into during declines, which, by the way, are, are common in market and, and, while, and usually temporary, the problem, and, and this is what we would coach clients to think about in these market downturns, they can cause sort of imprudent behavior by investors, right? And and they, they drive people to be dreading and panicking it. Um, I think the solution that we often recommend to clients is to realize that declines are inevitable, uh, and they and they have not lasted forever in our history. Uh, in fact, uh, re recoveries of what you've lost usually happens within 12 months in most downturns. Um, and and so I guess it's just sort of the, the for listeners this morning. Um, while it can be difficult, and while while we're you know waking up to volatile markets up to down to et cetera, uh, the idea would be to not panic and to make sure you have the right long term strategy in place with your retirement money in particular, so that you can win in the long term. Well, maybe that's the answer to the next question, and that is: Do you get calls from people who got their financial statement in the mail, and they see how much they've lost in the last month or two, and they go, "OMG, Jim, what do I do?" Yeah, well, of course. I mean, you know, this is part of our job is to help help go back to the solution I just recommended, which is that declines are inevitable, um, and and in in our history, they've not lasted forever. I mean, right now we're talking about if you use sort of the 10% the or more decline, which is right now where we're in, um, you know, in our history, this happened on an average since 1951, about once per year. And on average, it's lasted about 110 days. Um, and so, you know, you typically, you typically recover that within 12 months in hist historical terms since 1951. 
Um, you know, and, and you know, I think the thing that we always hear from clients is, well, this time's different. Um, and yeah, the circumstances are different, right? We have a Ukrainian invasion. We have, you know, significant price inflation, the worst in 40 years. Um, and, and so, you know, those are, those circumstances are different, but the tools that are being used to, uh, manage that are not different. I mean, monetary policy and in, interest rate increases are are things we've dealt with all throughout our lifetime, um, and and they're being used to reduce prices. It's going to take some time, though, for that to happen in certain certain parts of markets, uh, particularly in energy. And uh, you know, until that happens, um, you know, of course, people are going to be hitting their wallets. They're going to be hit at the grocery stores a bit more and have less discretionary income. Um, but but as I've said on this show and, and other times and how we coach clients, make sure you've got enough cash to handle your bills. Make sure that you're, you know, have enough liquidity. You know, if you can work a bit more, if you can, you know, save a bit more, uh, to, to, you know, during during the times, then you'll have some extra to, to spend at this point. And make sure that you continue to save in your retirement accounts as you were. Jim, compare and contrast this downside with what happened in 2008-2009. We bounced back after that one. Are there similarities or is this different? Well, I mean, the the 2008 scenario was an exogenous sort of, you know, major market event that where there was a collapse of a sector. Of course, uh, the housing market and, and uh, subprime mortgages led to that, which uh which, you know, when you think of that, um the tools we use we're not indifferent. I mean, and the same thing in the pandemic, right? I mean, when the pandemic came, we essentially reduced interest rates to zero and money became cheap. So when I say accommodative monetary policy, you know, companies, businesses, people, they could get money really cheap, right? Interest rates really, really low. 30-year mortgages, you know, below 3%, um, which has led to the housing boom, but also increased housing prices. Yeah, the same could be said across the board for, for most sectors. And then you sort of have that confounded with a supply chain issue because of COVID. And uh, all of that means that supply, because money was cheap, outweighed demand and increased prices And uh, at a very simple level. It's much more complex than that. However, uh, so as we sit here today, you know, we're sort of unwinding that, right? Because money was so cheap, we had... Um, uh, you know, ex- exponential growth uh, in, in gross domestic product, uh, a- a- and essentially um, demand was out- outpacing supply, which kept prices really high. And if we kept that pace going, um, we would we would uh, you know be in sort of untenable inflationary times, which uh, which would be difficult. So now the Federal Reserve has to bring those interest rates up, and 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 that should, on an economic level, um, reduce the pricing and inflation scenarios that we're in, but it's going to take some time. So markets likely remain volatile until we can get some control over the pricing over the next few quarters. What's the role that the spike in gas prices played in what's happening in the markets right now? I realize that triggers inflation, but is there a direct relationship, a symbiotic relationship between the higher gas prices and the lower market? Um, in some ways, you know, oil, oil. If you use it, you know, oil as the benchmark, because crude oil is essentially, you know, a component of gas. Um, oil being high has some has historically been a sign of uh, falling markets on the on the on the stock side. Um, interestingly, um, if you look at the S and P 500 sector returns, energy uh, is one of only two. 
positive year-to-date returns. So, uh, you know, you, while while the pricing is high and hitting the consumers, and you could debate politically, is there some sort of policy that could open up that that scenario? Right now, that's not happened. The energy sector has performed very well in the markets. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's hit all of us in the wallets. But in theory, Wayne, I mean, essentially, what what the policies are trying to do is is reduce how much you and I have to spend right now for a period of time so that prices can come down and demand reduces a bit so supply can catch up. And once that happens, you know, in theory, it should normalize pricing and you and I have more to spend at that point. Now, that all sounds good. It actually has to play out now, um, which, you know, I think investors are pretty worried about. So therefore, you have this skittish market ups and downs 2% each day. Um, and, and year-to-date declines around around 10%. It should be noted, though, that the one-year numbers are still positive, uh, and certainly the three-year, you know, if you look over the last three years and you've stayed invested and you've simply just been in the uh, S&P 500, you have a 54% return. A new program here in Connecticut that affects employers and employees as well, the My CT Savings Program. My CT Savings, by the way, all one word. Jim, what's this program all about? Yeah, um, well, so right now in Connecticut, um, there's, there's about 600,000 or so private sector employees that, that don't have access to an employer-sponsored retirement savings plan. Um, uh, and that's, that's according to the, the state comptroller's office. But, um, you know, obviously we believe as a company uh, at White Talents and Hansky that saving for retirement is one of the most critical things you can do uh, to have good, good security and eventually live well. So this lack of employer-provided retirement plans is a fairly big issue with about 600,000 people. Um, so to meet that need, legislators in Connecticut back in 2016 passed a, um, uh, some legislation that sponsored a program, and the result now is this rollout of My Connecticut, My CT Savings Program, which is, which is now beginning to be rolled out to employers. Well, that's a lot of people who don't have a retirement plan through their employer. How does this new program help solve that challenge? Yeah, I mean, so the the, the MyCT Savings Program, uh, it, it should facilitate, you know, for employees an automatic payroll contribution to an individual retirement account. So everyone's heard of these IRAs. So if you're one of these 600,000 people in the private sector that doesn't have access to a company-sponsored retirement plan, that's really what my CT savings is going to do, uh, and and um, you know basically it allows participating employees at these businesses to enroll in the program and and begin to save for retirement um, into this my CT savings program, which is essentially managed by the state of Connecticut's uh, retirement security authority that works with your employers that uh, and, and gives them an, uh, a retirement plan for you to save in. Does this work for both small employers and large employers? Yeah, I mean, so exactly. I mean, the way that this sort of think to think about this is employers with a hundred and more employees. They, if you don't have, if you're not providing a retirement plan currently for your for your uh, company employees, you must register or certify by the end of this month, uh, uh, June thirtieth. Um, and then those with 26 to 99 employees, you must register by Halloween, October 31st. And then those that are smaller, uh, 5 to 25 employees, must register uh, by March 30th, 2023. Um, so, you know, and, and, and uh, 
they basically um, you anybody with with employers um, five or more employees uh, at, that you've paid five thousand or more per calendar year. You're, you're required to register on this MyCT Savings Program um, or certify that you're already giving a retirement program uh, to your employees. Inquiring minds want to know, for those businesses that have over 100 employees, what happens if they don't apply by the end of this month? You said the smaller employers have more time, but that deadline, is it hard and fast that you wait till July 1 and you're out of luck? Yeah, I mean, you you either need to... to uh, to certi- yeah, I mean, you basically are going to be um, certifying either that you're providing one or you're going to have to register. So you've gotten a mailing already with some sort of code that gives you access at my CT Savings Program. Um, and if you don't do it, of course, you're going to be, you know, you, you, as an employ- employer, you either have to certify you're already providing one or you have to enroll. Um, and so th- those are really your options. And, and obviously, um, the the you know, the, the Connecticut State Retirement Security Authority is administering the program. Um, and, and this is really, really, a, I think, a, a valuable tool to those employers who have not had the ability or are, have been unwilling to date to provide a retirement savings program. This is a really positive step in the right direction. Uh, there's very little administration to it. And, and, and you know, it, it provides employees with the ability to save for retirement, which is critical, knowing that there, there is a, a shortfall overall in, in the country for retirement savings. How do businesses register or certify their exemption? Yeah, so they have to, they have to, what, they're going to receive a mailing. Uh, many have already done it already. Um, and and uh, they can do it online at, at myctsavings.com. And once they get their access code in the mail, they'll use that as well as their um, employer identification number to register or certify right at myctsavings.com. So what do people taking part in this entail for businesses? What are the pros and cons to taking part? I mean, they're mostly pros, right? Um, I mean, basically, the, the main goal of the program is to allow employees to save for retirement. And and that's a, a convenient way for the employees to reach their financial goals because right now, if they're getting access to this program, it's unlikely they had access to save for retirement through their company before. So that's a positive. Um, and, and I think another pro, and this is really for the employer, which is there's minimal administrative work, um, which is really usually the, the obstacle for employers having a retirement plan is, you know, there's some administrative work that goes along with it. And so... Um, this is an easy way for them to register, uh, and it integrates easily with their payroll system, which is another another pro. And what about for us, the employees? Is there taxes that we have to pay on these, or you don't pay it until you retire? How does that work? Yeah, good question. I mean, this is uh, if you've saved in an individual retirement account before, um, uh, you know, this this acts like a, a Roth IRA in essence. It's a post-tax contribution. So, you know, say you were making two hundred dollars, um, you know, a week, uh, and you sort of and you decide to defer uh, twenty-five dollars a week. So, essentially, you know, in that case, your your paycheck would be just be reduced. Uh, one seventy-five. The twenty-five dollars goes into the my CT savings program in, into that um, you know IRA component, and and then it, it, it's invested in in some choice you've made, or if not, uh, it goes into an age-based fund based on your retirement date automatically. 
And let's make this clear that this is a program that is new. It isn't like, well, we've had 401ks around forever. This My CT Savings Program, maybe people haven't heard of it because it hasn't been around before. So it's time to start perking up, paying attention, and asking questions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you've worked for an employer and you've said, I'm I'm sort of wondering when when am I going to be able to save for retirement, or you've been saving in an IRA before or something else, I mean, this really is going to give you – uh, you know, as your companies enroll in this program, if they're not already offering a retirement program, access to be able to save uh, in, a, in an IRA, access to be able to save for your retirement, and it, and it allows you to make, um, you know, contributions up to 6000 per year um, if you're below the age of 50 and, and 7000 for those that are above the age of 50. And so, you know, it, it allows you to save that per year. And uh, and while you're not taking that home in your paycheck, you are saving it for when you're not working anymore. And this is obviously very important as you think about your future and living beyond employment. All right, well, Jim, you talked about the many pros and a couple of cons to this My CT Savings program. I want to hear more about the cons. What are some of the downsides? Yeah, I mean... It, it, I think the, it's, I don't know. Wouldn't call it a downside, but I mean, I think the thinking that somebody has to go through is, um, you know, how how if if you if you were earning money before and you were spending it all, can you in fact save any in this? And and I, um, you know, that's a really important exercise for you to think through because, yes, you you might have been making two hundred a week before. And you might be spending it all, but could you find $25 somewhere to contribute per week? Uh, and I think that's the question people in the exercise you have to think through. Because oftentimes, if you're unwilling to sacrifice something in the short term, the longer term win is not there. And so, you know, I think that that's not necessarily a con, Wayne, but it's something that everyone who uh, that now is eligible for this that had not been eligible to save in a retirement account and now has access to my CT savings program, or will, really has to think about how much they'll contribute up to those limits I mentioned per year, which are $6,000 below the age of 50 and $7,000 per year above the age of 50. So, you know, I think that's, that's what you, that's, I wouldn't call it a con, but the sort of folks need to think that through. So, you know, somebody might think, oh, I have $25 less to spend per week now, but that can add up over time. And if you can get to saving to the limits, uh, the, the six or seven thousand, depending on your age, that's a really positive step forward for your future income when you're not working. All right. So my company starts up the My CT Savings Program, and I start putting in money into that account. Is there a matching amount, or how much does the employer add to that fund? Yeah, they, there is not in this case. So, um, but but it is you know it acts like an IRA in general. So unlike a four hundred one k. Um, or a safe harbor 401k, where a company is providing a match. Um, this is not this this program is not providing that. Maybe it will in the future. Not sure. Um, but but I think positively though, it, it sort of allows employers who were not offering one before for some reason to give a payroll deductible sort of way for employees to save for their future, and that's a positive step because. Some of the drawback on the employee side is, well, how, how do I open an IRA account? How do I do this, right? And now this is being done for you, and you can deduct, deduct it out of your payroll directly and into the program, which, 
you know, for, for a lot of employees is a positive step forward and sort of reduces the barrier to entry to save for retirement. Well, what's the difference between the My CT Savings Program and just a standard direct deposit out of your paycheck that goes into a savings account? Yeah, I mean, the savings account, good good question on that. I mean, the savings account scenario, um, which some, some might do because um, you have a direct deposit, some goes to checking, some goes to savings. The savings account, um, un- unless you have it going to some you know bank account that's invested into markets, which is unlikely, um, that savings account is going to earn the interest the bank is giving you. And depending on the uh, you know the bank and depending on the type of account, um, it's uh, it, you know it's going to be getting simple interest. So in an IRA, you're going to be invested in an age-based fund in the markets that over time likely appreciates. And it's getting the power of compound interest, so you're earning interest on interest over time. So if I'm over 19, last time I checked I was, and my employer starts up the MyCT Savings Program, am I automatically enrolled? Yeah, good question. Um, yes. So, you know, basically you, for, you have, uh, I think for participating employers uh, for at least 120 days, uh, you'll be automatically enrolled in the program. Uh, once the employer signs up, you'll you'll have 30 days to choose um, your savings rate and your investment elections. Um, however, it, the employer is automatically enrolled. You as an employee can opt out. So you can opt out. You so if you say in that example I gave you of $200 and you, you know you contributing 25, uh, if you say I can't do that, you can opt out. Uh, and that that would be done as well through the MyCT Savings uh, program, uh, which is myctsavings.com. And what happens if the employer, make that the employee, does nothing? Yeah, I mean, if the if 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 you uh, if they do neither of those things by the end of the thirty day period, I think that they'll be automatically enrolled with a default contribution. So if you don't opt out, and this is what what you have to think about. Uh, you, you'll be automatically enrolled with a three percent contribution uh, going into the into the program, which and that'll be automatically invested in that age-based program I was talking about. You know, which is essentially the date you might retire or the date you might turn sixty-five. Three um, percent of the gross income, so you know, it's a it's a reasonable amount that goes in um, on a pre-tax, you know, on a post-tax basis. So, you know, if you were thinking about the two hundred. Um, $200 example I was giving you before, I mean, essentially, if you were saying 3% on $200 per week, uh, that's, that's um, you know, it's only 6 bucks. So, you know, it's it, if you can live without $6, um, that'd be a start. But uh, on that $200 example I, I was giving you, you know, maybe you go higher. Maybe you don't, if you can afford it, um, you know, maybe you can't, but that's okay too. But just to give you a sense, that six dollars on two hundred dollars per week—that automatic default contribution of three percent. What's the return on the investment for the My CT Savings Program versus for a standard savings account or a CD? Yeah, I mean, right. Uh, it's a good question. I can give you. It, obviously, when you're investing in markets, nothing is guaranteed on the return. But just to sort of give you a sense, if you were invested. Uh, in in the S and P 500 index over the last three years, you had a 54% return, um, and then on a on a uh, if you look at a six month CD rate um, over the three year period, that six month CD rate 
average was uh, less than 1%, so you know, 0.86% over that same three-year period. Um, so, you know, these are, obviously, interest rates have been really low, so, you know, that has kept CD rates low. But, I mean, um, the days of 10% CD rates have long been gone, uh, and I'd say in the past five years, you've seen CD rates be, uh, if you took a three-year CD, somewhere around 2 3% at, at a maximum. That gives somebody listening to this some some uh, understanding that clearly you're taking a bit more risk by investing in in uh, an age-based fund in an IRA as this CT savings program would do. Um, however, the returns generally over the long term have uh, outperformed the CD rates or the savings rates. Is part of your message this morning, Jim, that for an employee who does not have currently any kind of an IRA or retirement fund, maybe ask your employer, hey, is my CT savings an option for me? Exactly. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're an employee and you're thinking about, and, and you may not be, I mean, clearly if you're, you know, in your 20s, uh, you may not be thinking about someday when you're not working. But just think about when you're working now, you're thinking about how you're paying your bills. You're going to be thinking about the same thing when you're 65, 70, and you're going to need to find ways to have income just outside of your Social Security. And this is uh, this uh, my CT savings program offers a whole new way for for these employees to do that, and uh, it's really a positive benefit. So I'd encourage listeners who are not saving for retirement that might get access to this my CT savings program uh, over the next several months or may have it now, is to really think about how you can defer, you know, it, it, some sort of money. Uh, whenever payroll happens, whether that's weekly or biweekly or monthly, and and then then you'll be able to figure out how do you increase it towards that maximum amount per year. Uh, I mean, you should all be striving for uh, putting in as much as you can, so that in the future you can take income from that investment when you're not working. Sounds like a win-win, Jim. Thanks for breaking down this new program for us. Yeah, no, it's, it's obviously we're, we're excited, and while we're not involved in managing it or have no affiliation with it, um, we do care about the way people save for retirement. And, and in our world, uh, it's a key component of the process we use, um, you know, plan well, invest well, live well. If we don't have uh, clients that have retirement options, it becomes difficult for them to, retirement savings options, it becomes difficult uh, for them to really live well and achieve their goals later in life. So critical to, to, uh, to our thinking, and uh, you know, as we build plans for people, retirement savings are one of the largest drivers of their future success doing the things they want in their life. So uh, happy we could talk through this, and, and obviously for business owners that might be listening, I mean, it's a great time to consider um, you know, your own savings plans and how your, your business and your retirement plans you know, fit into you eventually living well. Jim Zahansky, previewing the My CT Savings Program and the requirements. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors offer securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, Connecticut, 06259. And the phone number is 860 928 
2341. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, please visit whzwealth.com. 14 WILI Willimantic, 95.3 FM.